and we're excited to be in the house of God this morning, yes? Great. I'm excited because um, I get to uh, speak this morning about a Bible character who I love, who I love. Last week, um, Dave set us up into our new series, Unsung Heroes. Is anyone here for that? Very good. Next week, Tom Poss is going to be um, sharing about some heroes he was telling me about. And I was like, I don't know if I've ever read that story or those people in the Bible. So um, you've got to be here next week for that. That's going to be great. But this morning, it's my turn. And I just want to, uh, for the visitors here, I wanted to let you know, my name's Lauren and I'm uh, the youth and young adult pastor here and sometimes they let me loose on Sunday mornings. So I'm really excited to um, share this morning. I googled, I did a, a bit of googling about what a hero is. So I googled uh, the definition of a hero, I'm going to read it to you, it, it is this, hero, noun, just in case we weren't aware it was a noun, a person who is admired for their courage, outstanding achievements, or noble qualities. And I thought that's a, a pretty okay definition of what a hero is. I was thinking about uh, other kinds of heroes that spring to mind, um, maybe like Batman, Superman, what's your favourite superhero? Anyone got a favourite? What's your favourite superhero, Tilly? Wonder Woman, yeah, she's a good one. The Flash, yes, Green Lantern. Anyway, there's lots of them. Uh, and, and, and Hollywood would have us believe that a hero wears a cape, maybe, uh, shoots like lasers out of their eyes, <laughs> and saves the world every other weekend. Um, but I'm interested, and we're interested this morning, in what uh, a biblical hero would be considered. What do we consider a biblical hero? Uh, there's a list that you can find in Hebrews uh, of some of the heroes of the faith. And... Uh, and I was sort of reading over thinking, like, what do these people have in common? What is it that uh, defines what a biblical hero is? Uh, and this is what uh, I sort of came to. A biblical hero, a hero is someone who says yes to the call of God on their life. A hero is someone who says yes to the call of God on their life. Uh, we're going to unpack that a little bit this morning with a character that I love. Um, we're going to read this morning from the book of Joshua, and we're going to read uh, about the fall of the wall of Jericho. Now, if you know your Bible super well, you know that that happens in uh, Joshua chapter 6, but something really important for this story actually happens in chapter 2. Uh, so we're going to wind back to, to chapter 2, where we meet our hero, our unsung hero for the morning. Now, I might be cheating a tiny bit, because uh, she's definitely a hero, she's definitely a hero, but maybe not quite unsung. Maybe, uh, maybe when I let you know who I'm talking about, you will be like, yes, I know lots about uh, her. She's great. And some of you will be like, oh, I don't really know that much about her role in this story. Um, so I'm cheating a little. Maybe she's not unsung, but Pastor Brad isn't here. So don't dob me in and he won't know, okay? That's all right. Uh, no, all right. He, he approved already. He already approved. We're going to be starting in chapter two and we're going to be looking at Rahab. Does anyone know who Rahab is? Very good. Uh, she's pretty cool. She's a pretty great Bible character, I think. Um, and as we unpack her story and her role here, we're going to talk about uh, coming at it from a slightly different angle of what is it that she displays in the way that uh, she lives here and, and the part of her story that is recorded biblically. What is it that she shows us that a hero isn't? So that sounds confusing, but it's not going to be, I promise. Uh, let's read together because I love my Bible. Oh, hold on. Let me just give... Ignite Tribe a little. I love, I love my Bible. Thank you, Ignite Youth. All right, um, so we're going to open our Bible this morning uh, to Joshua. Liv's going to pop it up on the screen for us, uh, and we're going to read uh, from Joshua chapter 2. It says this, Then Joshua, son of Nun, 
secretly sent two spies from, look, honestly, a place that seems too read, rude to read in church, um, uh, to go and look over the land, to go and look over the land, especially Jericho. So they went and they entered a house of a prostitute named Rahab and they stayed there. And the king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent a message to Rahab, bring out the men who came to you and entered your house because they have come to spy out our whole land. All right, we need to get this out of the way because for me, one of the things I think of straight away is what are these men of God doing at the prostitute's house? Does anyone else just think that straight away? Like, why did they go there? That just seems, what? That doesn't seem the right place for them to be hanging out. Well, there's some pretty good reasons why um, they may have come to Rahab's house. One is that uh, Rahab lived right on the edge of the city, right on the very edge of the city. So Jericho was a big uh, city protected by big walls, uh, two walls actually, uh, that would have run sort of parallel to one another around the city of Jericho. And so Rahab lived right up against, in fact, her home would have shared uh, like a, a common wall with the wall of Jericho. And so the reason that they were there is one, between the walls, uh, it would have been a little bit quieter, less people, and it's right on the edge of the city. So it's a good place to easily escape from. So they can get a good vantage point of what's happening inside Jericho and they can also get out quite quickly. And also it's not likely that someone would be looking for the godly men at the house of Rahab. So here they are. Here's the first point to write down if you are a note taker. It is this, being a hero isn't about where you come from. It's not about where you come from. So Rahab is a prostitute, the Bible tells us. Um, and for some of us, that would be a shocking kind of thought, that she's about to be, um, she's, I'm not even calling her a hero. God calls her a hero. She's listed in the heroes of the faith in Hebrews. So here she is, this woman who comes from a background uh, that is not uh, seen as acceptable. She lives on the edge of her city, right on the edge of Jericho. She's not someone who um, is a part of her, the upstanding people of her community. She comes from a rough, tough, sinful background. And uh, she's about to be called a hero by God. And I just think that is so like God to use people who are just ordinary or people who we would perhaps disqualify from being used by God. Uh, it's not the only time in Scripture that God does this. I mean, the fishermen become the early church leaders, just these like rough, tumble lads who fish, become the leaders of the early church. There are so many examples in scripture where God takes people who are uh, nothing special and he puts the mission of, of God in the hands of these ordinary people uh, and, and, and incredible things happen. And so the first thing we can really learn from Rahab this morning for our own life is that being a hero isn't about where you come from. It isn't about your background. It isn't about whether you come from a Christian family. It isn't about... Um, Anything of your past or where you, where you feel like you belong, it's about where you're going to. It's about where you're headed for. And we can see, we know, if we know the story where Rahab is headed to, but at this point we don't know. And so perhaps you're in a season in your life where you're like, I don't know if I'm the right person. Uh, I don't know if I can accept the call of God on my life because I, I just don't think I know enough about my Bible. I don't think that I was raised in the right kind of family. I don't think I've had the right sort of upbringing. I don't think I've made the right decisions up until now. Let me tell you, where you have come from doesn't disqualify you from participating in the mission of God on this earth. It doesn't disqualify you. In fact, because of who Rahab is and where she was living and the lifestyle that she had, she was able to be used by God in a way that nobody else would have. 
Her uniqueness, her uniqueness was necessary to the growth of the kingdom. And so it is with each of us. We're not called all to be the same or to all come from perfect backgrounds or to all come from good families. We are called to uh, step forward into new things and into new life. And that's what we see here with Rahab. God putting the mission of God in the hands of ordinary people, people who have been overlooked, being used to do great things through the spirit of God at work within them. Being a hero isn't about where you come from. Your participation in the story of God is not dependent on where you come from. In fact, sometimes where you came from can be used by God to bring glory to himself and attention to Jesus. The uniqueness of your story is special. The second thing, we're going to do a little more reading here from the Bible because I love my Bible. Very good. From verse 4 it says, But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. And she said, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. And so at dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, they left. And I don't know which way they went, so go after them quickly. And you may catch up with them. But she'd actually taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stacks of flax she had laid out on the roof. And so the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads uh, to the fords of the Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone, uh, the gate was shut. Rahab told a lie. Just a flat-out lie. And we would consider uh, lying something sinful to do, uh, to be deceitful uh, and to conceal the truth in a way like that. And I'm not about justifying Rahab's lie because I, I think that being deceitful is a sin, for sure. However, if we stopped there, if we disqualified Rahab from participating in, in the mission of God because she lied then we wouldn't understand the truth that she is about to reveal. If we got caught up on the lie, we wouldn't hear the truth that is about to come out of her mouth. If you read from uh, verse 8, it says this, Before the spies laid down for the night, she went up to the roof and she said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear has fallen on all of us who live in this country and are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord has dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. Not lost my place. And what they did to Sion and Og and the two kings of the Amorites in the east of Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. Word is getting out about what God is doing through the Israelites. And when we heard of it, our hearts melted with fear and everyone's courage failed because of you, for the Lord your God in heaven above and on earth below. Your God is God on heaven, in heaven above and on the earth below. That is a declaration of faith. That is a statement that uh, helps us to understand that Rahab has had a revelation of who God is. And the only way that that can have happened is if God had revealed it to her himself. And so we see here God choosing to reveal who he is to Rahab. It's one thing to say, we're afraid of the Israelites, they're coming for us, they're destroying cities, they're sacking towns, they are on their way toward us and we are terrified. It is another thing to say, that is what the Israelites are doing and we know that they are succeeding because their God is the God in heaven and earth. She declares a truth that has been revealed to her by God, but if we disqualified her because she is a sinner who tells lies, we would never get to hear the truth that has been revealed to her through Jesus. 
And so, for us, the challenge is this. Being a hero doesn't mean, here you go, being a hero doesn't mean that you always get it right. Being a hero doesn't mean that you always get it right. She only knew a little of who God was. No one had told her that lying wasn't the right thing to do yet. She only knew a little of who God was, but that was enough for her to declare who he was. To know that he was powerful and in control and that the Israelites had God on their side. Being a hero doesn't mean you always get it right, but what it does mean is that through encounters with who God is, you are transformed to be more like Jesus. And so uh, for us, Rahab doesn't uh, know this because uh, Jesus, we get get the benefit of New Testament living and seeing things through the lens of who Jesus is and what he did for us. We know that repentance is important. We know that repentance and sanctification and justification are things that happen continually as we work out our faith. We know that, but Rahab just knows that God, the Israelites' God is the God and she declares that truth. And that declaration of faith, I believe, changes everything definitely for her. And also for the, for, um, for the people of God, because we find later that Rahab is listed as one of the three women in the genealogy of Jesus. She is an important woman who encountered the presence of God, who, who had uh, the, the presence of God was revealed to her, who God was was revealed to her, and she declared that faith. Being a hero doesn't mean that you always get it right, but it means that you continue to seek the truth of who God is, knowing that we work out our salvation as we go, knowing that God is continuing to transform us through his spirit into the likeness of Jesus. It doesn't mean we will 100% get it right, but it does mean that we, we cannot disqualify ourselves when we get it wrong. We cannot disqualify others when they get it wrong. Because heroes don't always get it right. Biblical heroes certainly didn't always get it right. Rahab is an example, but we could list every biblical hero and tell you, like, you shouldn't be sleeping with other people's wives, you shouldn't be murdering people, you shouldn't be... All the biblical heroes had terrible missteps. It isn't about the things we do wrong, it's about the way that we are transformed to be more like Jesus. Repentance, sanctification, justification, working out our faith on the way. With the Spirit at work in us, working out the kinks as we go. So heroes, uh, being a hero isn't about where you come from and it isn't about always getting it right. The challenge for us is to not disqualify ourselves or others on those, either of those grounds. This sort of third idea is that being a hero, write this one down too, isn't about making a big name for yourself. Being a hero isn't about making a big name for yourself. Uh, we're going to read uh, from verse 12 here. Rahab says, now then, please swear to me that the Lord, that the Lord, that by the Lord, that you will show kindness to my family because you have sh- I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father, my mother, my brothers and sisters and all who belong to them and that you will save us from death. I mean, Rahab here isn't just thinking only of herself. She's thinking of others also. She's putting others' needs ahead. She's saying, I don't want this just for me. I want this for others as well. I want protection. I want safety. I want assurity, not just for me, but also for others. She isn't making a name for herself. She isn't just trying to protect herself. 
She's advocating for others, as we are called to do so many times uh, through Scripture, to love one another, to, to stand with one another, to uh, reach out to those broken and hurting in our community. Rahab is advocating for her family, not just for herself. Being a hero isn't about making your, a name for yourself. It's about protecting and advocating for others. And also, again, we live in New Testament times, so here is a statement for you. It is not about making a name for yourself. It is about making a name for Jesus. It's about declaring the name of Jesus. It's about pointing people in the direction of Jesus. We are not the hero in the story, really. Jesus is. We are not the hero in our story. Jesus is. And so being a hero isn't about making a name for yourself. It's about doing what God is calling you to do in loving others, in serving others, in pointing people toward Jesus to make a big name of Jesus. We aren't the ultimate hero in this story. Not really. Sometimes we'd like to think we are. So what happens next is that Rahab, uh, she, she makes this deal with the spies and they say, okay, yeah, that sounds good. If you help us escape, uh, we won't hurt you when it comes time for us to sack the city. Like we'll, if you hang this cord out your window, um, then we'll know that this is your house and we won't come in and uh, everyone inside it will be safe. And so Rahab says, good, sounds like a good deal to me. And the spies escape. Because they're right on the edge of the city, they escape out Rahab's window, right out onto the outer, outside of the city. Um, and then they're off and they go back and they find Joshua and they tell him. And then we sort of know what happens in the story. Uh, if you've been around church a while, you know then that the angel appears to Joshua and says, march around the city. The city of Jericho will be yours. God will give it to you. And they march around the city for seven days. And then on the last day, they march around seven times. Seven is such a good number in the Bible. And then they shout. They shout uh, in mighty praise to who God is. And the walls of Jericho fall. And the Israelites enter the city uh, and they take the city. And Joshua says, uh, he says uh, in Joshua 6, verse 22, Joshua said to the two men that had spied out the land, go to the prostitute's house and bring her out and all those who belong to her in accordance with your oath to her. So the young men who had done the spying went out and they brought Rahab in and her brothers and her sisters who belonged to her. And they brought out her entire family and put them in a place outside the camp of Israel. And, there they bur- and then they burned the whole city and everything in it. But they put the silver and the gold and the articles of bronze and iron into a treasury for the Lord's house. But Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute with her family and all who belonged to her because she hid the men Joshua had sent to as spies to Jericho and she lives among the Israelites to this day. She lives among the Israelites to this day. I don't know, maybe if we were in the times where Rahab was alive and you read that statement, you'd be like, cool, yeah, so she lived among the Israelites but it carries so much weight now. Even to this day, she is among the Israelites. Even to this day, she is among God's people. Even to this day, Rahab is one of God's chosen people. Such an unlikely hero. The fact that we then find her in the lineage of Jesus, incredible. She marries a a man from the tribe of Judah and she becomes a part of the people of God. So like God, to welcome those who don't seem like they belong into his family, to choose people who nobody else would choose, 
to choose people who others would write off and say, no, you do not belong here. No, you cannot participate in what we're doing here. Not, that is not like our God. That is not the God that we see here in this story or, or anywhere else in scripture. He says, come, come, come. I have something for you to do. Be brave because I am with you. Be brave because I am with you. Rahab wasn't anyone special. She just saw who God was and believed it. She saw who God was through what the Israelites were able to do and she believed it, believed who he was. One of my favourite, 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 favourite things uh, about this story um, that is sort of nerdy and so cool and just like really solidifies for me that being a hero in the faith is nothing to do with me and is 100% to do with God and what he is doing through me and in my life is this. The walls of Jericho, remember me telling you, they're like wide, right? But there's two of them, two walls. Uh, there was two ways that walls were built in, for cities around this time. Either really thick ones, really just like huge walls that people could sort of walk on the battlements and look down off the wall on either side, or two walls a distance apart that sort of created uh, two lines of defence, right? And, and people, poorer people, lived between the walls. Rahab was one of these people who lived between the walls. And it's not just that she lived between the walls, but that her home would have shared common walls with these city walls. So the city walls were also a part of the walls of her house, right? And so when the walls of Jericho fall, her house should have fallen. When the walls of Jericho fall, Rahab's house should have fallen, but it doesn't. And so we look at the spies and we think, go spies, like they kept her safe and Jacob held up his end of the bargain and said, don't go into her home and, and don't kill anyone in there, let's take them out and keep them safe. But actually we see here God being faithful. We see God standing with Rahab. We see God on Rahab's side. We see him protecting her and sheltering her. We see God at work. Her house should have fallen when the walls of Jericho fell, but they didn't. Being a hero isn't about us, it's about God at work within us. Being a hero is about saying yes to the call of God on your life and trusting him for the way. God is at work and the role of a hero is just to say yes to his call. Being a hero in the story of God for us means saying yes to the call of God on our life. It means not being defined by where we come from, but where we are going to. It means allowing God to continue to transform us into the likeness of Jesus as we see the truth of who he is. It means sharing that with those in our world. It means using what we have been given, even if it is only a little bit, for his glory and for his kingdom. Rahab didn't have much, she just had a little house between the walls, but she hid the spies on her roof. She threw her rope out the window for them to climb down. She didn't have much, but she used what she had for the advancement of the kingdom of God. We don't have to have much. We don't have to have much of our own, but when we apply the presence and the power of God to those things, when we say yes to the call of God and say, God, this is what I've got. If you want to use it, go ahead. Suddenly those things become incredible and powerful. We see the kingdom advanced because of what God is doing through us and in us not because of anything that we do of our own. So the challenge this morning 
is this, just say yes. Say yes to God as he calls us deeper. Say yes to God as he expands our capacity to love. Say yes when we can't see how it will work out, but God said so, so we believe so. Say yes when it doesn't make sense. Say yes when we don't feel like it. Don't disqualify yourself. Don't worry about being the right person. Don't worry about, when we start looking at at Bible heroes, don't worry if you stutter. Don't worry if you don't think you're the right person for the job. Don't worry if all the reasons that you think disqualify you don't. When we have an encounter with the presence of God, when we see who he is and we trust who he is and we believe who he is, all we have to do is say yes and follow him where he is calling us. Follow him where he is calling us. Band, you can jump up if you like. God is at work. God is at work. It's one of those things that we just sort of throw away and say, God is at work, I believe it. But if we truly believe that God is at work, if we truly trust that he is already on the move, all we have to do is trust him, confess our faith, turn from our old life and follow him along the way. Say yes to who he is. Say yes to where he is calling us. Say yes to letting him use whatever humble things we have for his glory and for his goodness. And also applying that as others come into this space. That we won't allow our judgment. Imagine, imagine uh, the judgment on Rahab. If she had been judged and shunned and like, nah, we cannot, you cannot be one of us. You can't, nah, you can't, like, cool, you saved the spies, but that's it, you're out. Like, you're too rough, you're too rude. You come from this terrible life and this terrible background and we just can't have people like you hanging out with us. Imagine. But we find her listed as a hero of the faith. God calls her a hero of faith. And she's listed in the list in Hebrews 11 of heroes of the faith. She's a hero in the faith. But perhaps we would have disqualified her. We cannot do that, church. Don't allow doubt to creep in about what you are capable of with God on your side. And don't allow it to creep in when you look at others. Don't see the sin, don't see the mess, don't see all the reasons why they can't see who God is transforming them into and who they are becoming. As we all journey on mission together, the mission of God in the hands of ordinary people, all of us just doing our part, saying yes to the call of God on our life. Why don't you stand? We're gonna pray and worship the Lord together. God, we thank you. We thank you that you're a good God who goes before. We thank you that you're a God who not only sees us for who we are now, but who we will become through you. That you're a God who sees us at our darkest and loves us just the same. That you're a God who is not worried that we are just ordinary people with not much to offer. God, you're a God of increase. You're a God of miracles. So God, this morning we ask that you would make us bold, that you would make us brave, that you would give us a courage that comes from our trust in you to step out and say yes. Even if it's scary to say yes, 
I will follow when you call, God. Lord, we thank you that you have plans and purposes and that you are in control. God, you are so, so good to us. We are humbled and in awe of you this morning. God, would you begin to um, strip away the lies that we believe about ourselves, that we aren't good enough, that we aren't worthy enough, that we aren't the right people to be used by you in any way. God, we know that that is a lie. God, we see in Scripture again and again you using ordinary people with broken lives. And so we give you our broken life this morning. We give it all to you and ask that you would do what only you can do. God, would you transform us into the likeness of Jesus? Would you light our way? God, we say yes to where you are calling us as individuals and as a church. We say yes. We say yes. God, we say yes to you this morning, whatever the cost. God, we say yes to you this morning, in Jesus' name. God, we thank you. We thank you that in you we do not have to fear. God, that in you that there is hope and love and mercy and forgiveness more than we could know. So God, regardless of what obstacles we see before us, we declare your name, Jesus, above every name, and we praise you this morning. Amen. 